All right, so let's continue. We we finished off the Agarata Gemara last time. Now we're starting Avadazar. No more. I mean, there's more Agarata Gemara and Avadazar, but uh, for the next while, we're going to be learning the laws of of uh, Avadazar. Um, for those who this is for people listening to this, but for those who listen to the recordings, I'm sorry I haven't posted last year last last year yet. We had a big break also, uh, some personal issues. But I will post both recordings tonight, hopefully, so anybody who wants to keep up can keep up. And Avram, this is important for you. Starting next week until the middle of August, uh, we're going to have the shear on Zoom. Because I'm going to America in a week and a half for about a month. So we're going to have the shear at the same time, but on Zoom. If I send you a link, you click it, it will turn on. Okay, I'll show you afterwards. But uh, but uh, I'll be on Zoom for the next month, and then we and then we're gonna be back in person, hopefully back in the in the newly renovated base managers downstairs. That's our hope. And that's our hope. All right. So let's start. So the Gemara the Gemara goes back to the halacha that we learned in the Mishnah. Remember the Mishnah, in a long time ago, the there was a halacha that for three days before a non-Jewish festival, you're not allowed to do any business with them. You can't buy, sell. And there was a machlokis over there between Rashi and Tosfis. Rashi says the reason why you can't do any business is because at that, ta- at that time they're focused on their holiday and they're focused on their God. And there's a concern that uh, through you giving them business, through lending them money or whatever it is, you will encourage them to thank God or thank whoever they're, they're, they're thanking. And through you... The name of the idol worship will be mentioned. This is what Rashi brought. Even though we're going to see later in the Gemara, there's a machlokas about what the problem is. If it's because of Lifta Eva or it's because of this issue. Taisvis disagreed. Rabbi Nutan brought a bunch of proofs where he said, no, the only prohibition is either giving something to them or selling something to them that they would use in the service of their idol. But general business, that's not what the mission is talking about because there's no because we know that we do this all the time. We're not going to be able to survive if we have such a broad law. And Rabbi Natam felt that wasn't the proper interpretation of the mission. So now, oh hi Michael, how are you? So so now the so the Gemara or we just started. So the Gemara is now going back to the halach of the mission, and the Gemara says, okay. You can't do business with them. Gimel yamim aser lasses velasses imahem. You can't do business with them for for three days. Umi ba'inan kulehai. You need three days. They need three days to buy everything they need for yamtif. They're busy with their yamtif for three days before. Well, I know. I mean, as Jews, like we spend like a month before, right? So, I guess we kind of feel that the non-Jews have it more organized than the Jews. I'm not sure. Um, uh, uh, but non, there's a there's a this is a a Mishnah Sanhedrin. Oh, sorry, uh, in Chun. The Arab Prakim Bashana in our four periods of the year. So there's a halacha that says you're not allowed to slaughter a mother and a child animal on the same day. So this doesn't just, meaning the prohibition doesn't just affect a person who's doing both. Meaning it's not that the, the prohibition isn't saying if you have the mother whose name is Betsy. And the daughter whose name, I don't know, is there like a, a, a Hebrew stereotypical animal name for a cow? Like in America, it's Betsy, I don't know. No? Nachman. 
Okay, so you have what? Shula. Okay, Shula. So you have Betsy and Shula, right? Betsy's the mother, Shula's the daughter cow, right? So the halacha is is that even if it's not going to be the same person who slaughters both, there is still a prohibition to have them both slaughtered in one day. So if let's say Michael was making a barbecue and he slaughtered the mother, and I want to make the same barbecue uh, the same day. I can't slaughter the daughter once I know he slaughtered the mother. So the halacha is, if you're someone who sells animals and you sold the mother, there are four periods a year where you have to assume that when somebody buys the daughter, they are going to slaughter her today. So meaning that you have to be worried that maybe you are causing the second person to transgress the, the uh, prohibition of slaughtering a child the same day that the mother was slaughtered or or vice versa. So the shach has an interesting question. The shach says that it's clear that the halacha is only on the seller, meaning the animal seller, the animal trader, only he has to uh, warn uh, the buyer of the of the daughter um, that that he has to be concerned. So the shach has a question. He says, "Why? Why does it? Why is it only on the ma- on on the on the seller? The buyer should have to worry. Every animal he buys, maybe somewhere in the world, the mother was sold the same day. So the shach explains that the buyer doesn't have to worry about that because of a principle called sfek sveka. Sfek sveka means when you have double uncertainty, which doesn't always work this way, but there's under under specific conditions when you have two two sfekos, something is mutter. So what are the are the two sfekos over here? Suffolk, that this animal has a, has, a, has a mother or a daughter alive. And even if they have a mother and daughter alive, who says they were slaughtered that day? Right? So who says they were slaughtered that day? So there's a principle by uh, sfek that it has to be misapik, meaning you have to be able to reason in, right, in, in both directions. So you have to be able to say, okay, so maybe she, maybe, right, maybe the mother, maybe she doesn't, maybe it wasn't slaughtered that day, but then you're stuck going the other way, right? You can't say, well, maybe, maybe it was slaughtered that day, but she doesn't have a baby, right? Because if it was slaughtered that day, then she has a baby. So there are people who ask on the shach that this may not be as fekseka mesapach. It doesn't go uh, both ways, but fine. So, yeah. Slaughtered a sheep one time. And okay. Found out in the sheep that there was a baby in the sheep. Oh, okay. That's a that's a very fascinating case. The case of a of a of a ben pakua. Oh, you, you took shechita, right? <laughs> what? Sort of. Yeah. Did you actually shech? Would would you would, would you still shech? If I brought you a sheep? I don't have. Oh no, no, you didn't finish the process? Chicken. <laughs> oh, but, but you could check chickens. No, I don't have a... Oh, you have to get something. Ah, there was a course they did over here. So either way, yeah, so, yeah, so, so I'm sorry, Avram, you were saying, so the, the sheep had a baby inside. Right. And so they, they had to find out whether the baby was kosher, definitely was kosher, but the mother was, the mother was kosher because she had a room. Oh, meaning, was she, meaning if she was a trefa, there would have been a problem. Interesting, okay. Yeah, Ben Paku was a fascinating thing because that baby now, if it, if, it, if it was alive, 
and it walked around, it wouldn't need shrita anymore. You'd be able to kill it. What? It doesn't touch its feet on the ground. Before, before the thing, before the shrita of the mother. Right, because after look, there was a there was this interesting initiative at some point that to avoid all questions of trefos and milk. Cause in America, the wild there was a big controversy with milking with 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 kosher milk because um, there is a new procedure which they do to relieve bloating. I'm I'm weak on the details. Basically, there's some medical procedure that they do to cows that, according to some opinions, could make many of them a trefa. So, yeah, you're not going to drink milk from a cow that has been, that has the status of a trefa. So there's a big discussion in America if there's an issue that, right, that maybe you can't drink Chavstam milk, or, or even Chavistral milk if you don't know the origin of the cows, if, if because of this problem of a rove trefa. Because normally, the reason why we're not concerned about a trefa when we drink milk is because we assume that the majority of cows are not trefa. But with this new, with this new procedure, the, the majority may have shifted. It's just like an exhaust pipe. What? It's just like an exhaust pipe. It's stomach. It's stomach. We're going to leave, but it's a concern that punctures the stomach, right? Yeah, there was some, there was some issue. Either way, so there was like one idea, a radical idea, also to deal with all the trafus problems. And there was one radical idea to create a farm of Ben Pakuas. That basically, because the Ben Pakua doesn't need Shita, but its children also don't, don't, don't need Shita. So technically, you can create these herds of animals that don't need shechita, which also has another, there are, there are places in the world where shechita is banned. Like places in Europe and others, so this is a... Yeah, so now you can ship those animals there, so it was a, it was a controversial idea. Um, but yeah, okay. So there are four periods, there are four, the Arab Prakim, when a person who sells the behemoth, the chaveri, tzarek lo Right, ima, ima, macharti, lishchit, bita, macharti, lishchit. So he has to say that he sold the mother, he sold the daughter, to warn the buyer that 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 that, that he should not sell. Veiluheim, what are these four days? Erev yomtiv faachron shalchag, the first day, the the erev the erev erev shminiyatzeres. We'll see in Rashi why. Erev yomtiv farishon so pesach erev pesach vi erev atzeres and erev shvuas vi erev rosh hashanah v'kedivri Rabbi Yosi Aglili af erev yemakipurim begolo. Right, the hasam fine. So there are four times when we see that, you, that if you sell an animal on those days, you have to warn why, because everybody is shechting that day. That's the day everybody shechts for Yom Tov. right? On all those four days, Rashi over here says that Bahani Dalar Prakim Machzikinon Leila Inish the Kol Man Dezavin Behema Shachet Lebiyema. There's a Chazaka that there it's it's there's a kind of ironclad assumption that anybody who buys the animal that day is buying in order to slaughter it that day and that's why he has to warn them so it's very difficult to understand what's the Gemara's kasha from here the Gemara is asking that we said the non-Jews you have to worry three days before but the Gemara says we see that by Jews you only have to worry one day before right you only have to worry that day Erev Yamtev they're only shechting for Chag on that Erev Yamtev so, it's a very difficult question, right? That, that I mean, the Gemara over there is saying, what the Gemara in Chulun is talking about, is when you have to assume that the person will shech today for sure. So yes, if it's Erev Yamtif, and if you prepare Yamtif like my family, 
which means like the last minute, then yeah, we bought an animal that day to shech that day. But could be the bigger balabas, like the more organized people, buy their animals a week before, they shech them, they salt them, they store them, right? Or two days or three days before. The Gemara doesn't have a proof that people don't do it three days before. The Gemara just it just has a proof that if the person that is that, that is, is that if it's the day before, then it's for sure being shechted that day. But not that people don't buy two days before. So I'm surprised. I looked around at a lot of Rishayim, a lot of Achrayim. Well, it's a probability. That what? They buy it three days before, and then there's one out of three days. They buy it the day before. No, no, so you're right. So, so if they buy three days before, it could be the reason why you don't have to inform them is because, yeah, because there's a probability that there's only a 33% chance they're going to be shut. Well, actually, it's, it's not, right? It's, it's you need, in order for it, in order for it to be a problem, you need both of them to be shut on the same day, right? So it's two independent events, right? Each with probability one third. So it's actually one, one over nine. I really hope I got this math right because my father listens to this <laughs> sheer. Am I right, right? It's, a, it's 1 over 9, right? So, so there's a 1 over 9 probability that, that they're going to be shechted the same day. As opposed to the day before, there's a 1 probability, right? It's 100%. So that's why you have to be modia them. But, the fa- but, but, but for a non-Jew, right, who's buying the Tzar Chayachat, maybe, maybe, the, maybe the organized people do buy three days before. <coughs> and they keep it at home or whatever. So I looked, I looked everywhere. I couldn't find anybody who answered this question. I don't know why. It, it seems to be a very obvious question. I, I didn't see anybody who, who, who asked that. Uh, Maybe they celebrate and they love doing it versus keeping it celebrating. Oh, man. Maybe. Maybe they have you know, celebration today and then like... Right, meaning, meaning, meaning the, the structure of the holidays. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to get to that. But... The, the question of the Gemara, the Gemara's question was that somehow we can make a correlation, we can ask, we can say, well, if the Jews only buy the day before, for, then the non-Jews also only buy the day before. And where and are we proving that Jews only buy the day before? And everyone's in Agashtin, right? Um, that we prove it from this halacha, that if you buy the day before, you have to notify. What I'm saying is, there's no proof from there because well, it could be. No, no, so that's fine. But like, it it, it sounds. It? So I'm saying maybe they bought it alive the day before, and you know, meat can last for a day, you know, under in the right storage. So it's it's hard. The, the fact that it's mukhrach from this gemara that everyone only buys the day before. I don't know. I didn't see the rye, but but you're right. There, there is an assumption in the gemara that the reason why you have to idea is because people only bought for shechita a day before and then that's when you have to be worried so, I don't know, fine so the Gemara says Viter, um, the Gemara says okay, how do we answer this question, the Gemara says um, um, ever the Gemara, no so when you're bringing for a carbon, you need three days and for achila sagi so when you're by when you're shechting it to eat, you only need one day but when you're doing it for Hakrava, you need three days. So the Gemara's assumption right now is the reason why you need three days is because you, you need more time. Rashi says, He spends three days looking for the animal. He doesn't go last day. He spends three days to find the right animal. And we're going to see the main reason why is because he wants to be able to check it for, for mumim, for injuries. 
So the Gemara says, Shailen Bechus at five. So Gemara says, okay, Velakrava Sagi Betlasayaymi. It's enough for only three days for a carbon. We know that there's a halacha that you're supposed to start learning the halachas of Pesach before Pesach 30 days before. So this Gemara is very difficult because that halacha we've always associated with the halachas of, of learning halachas Pesach. The Gemara over here is saying no, it all has to do with the carbon. And Taisa speaks this out explicitly. Taisa says, There's halach and shokhanarach. Right? You're supposed to start you know, dealing with Chag Pesach and halach of Kim Chedapescha. Right? It's all brought down over there. Even though we have no carbon anymore. Taisa says, says, because the main source for this 30-day halacha <coughs> comes from the Gemara that says that, that on Pesach Rishon they used to say that they used to warn people to get ready if they, if they needed Pesach Sheni to get ready for Pesach Sheni. And the only thing which we celebrate on Pesach Sheni was the carbon. So therefore, Taisvis is saying the Iker Halacha is about the car. And it's, it's, it's very difficult to understand this Taisvis, right? We, we, we really, the Gemara. The main thing is the carbon. We're asking a question because of the carbon. What takes 30 days about a carbon? If you look even in Pesach Mitzrayim, where they had to watch the carbon, it was four days. Right? It's, it's very hard to understand why they need 30 days. And if the 30 days is for the carbon, how did they get from the carbon to the halacha we have today of, of Hilchas Pesach? The other thing that, that, that's interesting is that if you look in Shulchan Aruch and in Tor and in Bethesef, nobody brings this source down. They all bring it down as a halacha all about learning about Pesach. Nothing to do with the carbon. <coughs> Fine. But the Gemara says, non-Jews should have to do 30 days. 30 days before. We should be worried that it takes them a full month to go buy a carbon. Yeah. The real, the real, uh, let's say the source is for Korban Pesach, but there's also the rest of the Right, so I'm saying, so, so, so that's what Tyson is saying, that they got like, the Ikertakana was there, and then they shifted. It's just funny that like, and everyone who brings Allah down, the Paiskin. It's so obvious. Like, yeah, just, just they're bringing it down, they don't mention the carbon piece at all. It's just weird. It's just a, Okay, so the Gemara is now, the Gemara says a very, a very interesting thing. The Gemara says, So the Tanakhama says you need 30 days, and Shem Gamil says you need two weeks. Fine. So here the Gemara says a fascinating thing. We think it's only Jews who have halachas. It's not true. Non-Jews also have halachas. And for a Jew, we passel, there's a long list of blemishes, of mumim, that passel a carbon for a Jew. But for a non-Jew, they only have a mum if it's a mechus or aver. So it's very interesting, like... Okay. The source that a mechus or aver is a problem for a non-Jew. We're going to see it's from it's from the Torah. Missing a limb, missing a limb. If it has missing a leg, it's missing a you know one of my parts. 
Yeah. So the so the, so over here the Gemara says, right? Menai and Luchus are Aver the Aser Lebnei Nayach. The Chesivim Mikol Achai Mikol Bas are Shnayim Mikol. Amr Tyra. So it's talking about by 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 Nayach when Nayach was bringing the animals into the Teva. Amr Tyra Haba Behema Shechayin Rashi Varin Shalom. So there's a source by the Teva that when it talks about Shnayim Shnayim that they were bringing in the animals. There's a source that they had to be brought in completely, not missing any any limbs. Rashi over here says the Osir lebnei Nayach lehakriv legavaya to bring up to Hakadosh Baruch Hu the dunya the karbonish and nagu avayseim leshemayim him noyegim lavayus kechavim shalayim. So Rashi teaches you a piece of anthropology. Okay, the source of non-Jewish karbonos comes from the comes from a holy place. Their ancestors used to bring karbonos on the bama takadosh baruch hu, and they followed the halachas that were given to Noah. That it can't be mechusar ever. So the non-Jewish ancestors, meaning, meaning the non-Jews, even though today they're bringing up their karbonos to avodah the tradition which they got, they got from their God-fearing ancestors, who used to bring them up to Hashem on a bama. On a, meaning to say, a non-Jew who brings his carbon to the base of Mikdash has to worry about all the movement. But a non-Jew who brings up his carbon on Obama, right, on meaning somewhere in his backyard, he sacrifices to God, only has to worry about it missing a limb. So they adopted the halachos, the traditions of their ancestors, even though now they do it for Avodazar. So it's an interesting piece of anthropology. Okay? But that's the Gemara's assumption. Now, it's a very, very difficult concept because we know that the non-Jews were Asr, it was Asr for them to bring to bring a carbon with 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 Bukhusar Aver. What's the source? The source it says Shnaim Shnaim. Right? There's a basic question over here. The carb- the animals that we're talking about by they bring two two were the non-kosher animals. And we know that a non-Jew cannot bring a pig as a carbon. So how could it be that the source for what's kosher or not kosher by the carbonos are, 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 are from a non-kosher animal? Toysavis has a much more difficult question. Toysavis says, let's, let's go to, to we'll, we'll, we'll go to the second Toysavis, and then we'll go back to the first Toysavis. The second Toysavis says, B'nai'an l'b'chutzer e'ver sh'asar l'b'nei na'yach it is absolutely forbidden for a non-Jew to bring an animal as a sacrifice as Mechusar Aver. Taisvis is saying it's an Isser Dairaisa. The Rambam does not bring this halacha, neither does the Rif. The Mepharshim explained that the Rambam says it's Isser Dairabanan. It's not Isser Dairaisa. Meaning they had a tradition like this, it was Isser Dairabanan, this was common practice. But the Torah never, never answered it. What's the Rambam's source? The Rambam's source is from Taisus' next question. Vitema, Taisus asks the question, My taima leichoshev leibahadi zayin mitzvah shenetztavu. We know that there are seven mitzvahs b'nei nayach. Right? Don't kill, dinim, arayah, sever menachai. Why is there no, there's no mitzvah in the seven mitzvahs b'nei nayach? Don't bring a carbon. That's that's a uh, mechutz 
So Tysus first tries to say, Vain Lomar, Mishom there is heart like Siva Bahadya. Don't say the reason is because the prohibition is not stated explicitly. From the good you from the fact that you should bring a full carbon, you're able to, to uh, derive a prohibition that you can't bring a carbon mechutzer ever. we call You could eat from all the gates sagan, and that was the prohibition that you can't eat from the sadas. Uh, and the reason why it's not listed is because, and Taisa says, a very challenging answer. That the prohibition of, of Mechusser Ever is not a law, meaning it's not a prohibition, hey, Mr. Nanju, Mr. McNamara, right? Don't bring a carbon Mechusser Ever. Oh, you brought a carbon Mechusser Ever? You're over a law. There's a prohibition. No, it's not the Pshat. It's a kumvase. What's the kumvase? Meaning, it's a positive, it's an active halacha. What's the active halacha? Deha ish ish marbinon There's a drasha that a non-Jew can make an oath. They can they can say that I'm bringing up an animal as a karma. So he brings, he makes an oath. Hare alai oila. I'm bringing an oila. And if he makes a nether that he's going to bring up this animal, which is a mechusser aver, we tell him, no, bring a full animal. So it's very difficult to understand what Thais is talking about. Thais says that what's the answer over here? The answer over here is that the reason why it's not listed in the seven mitzvahs B'nai Noach is because it's not a prohibition, it's a positive commandment. It's a, it's a kumvase. What's the kumvase? The kumvase is when he makes a nether to bring up a, a animal, which is mechutzer ever, then the animal which he's, then we tell him, no, bring a, bring a animal that's not mechutzer ever. Why? Why do we tell him that? Why is his nether? Why is his nether on a mechusser aver not a good nether? So, so one shot before we get to all the questions on this. One shot I heard is that when the person makes a nether to bring an oila, a there are two ways to understand the problem of mechusser aver. So this is like uh, the the uh, this is. The briskers talk about this, the difference between a mechusreva and a mum. That there's a, that there's a fundamental difference between a mechusreva and a mum. Which is why we're going to see by Iphis, by even though ain't Thomas Vazakras by Iphis, there's no din, there's no soul of mum by, by a bird, there's still a soul of mechusreva. Why? Because a mum, a blemish, that's not mechusreva, is a soul. It's a carbon puzzle. It's the, the, the sham carbon could be chal on it. it. It could become a carbon. It has the status of an ayla, but it's puzzle. And if you bring it up, your ayla, the iser, be makar of a psal. It's a psal. A mechusser aver, to say in Yiddish, is this can carbon, right? It's not a sacrifice at all. It loses its. There is no such thing as, an, as, as a carbon that's missing a limb. What we learned from Noah 
is not a prohibition on the gavra. It's not a prohibition on the person that you are prohibited from bringing a sacrifice that is a mechus or aver. That's not the problem. The problem, what we learned from Noah is how we define a carbon. A carbon has to have all its limbs. It has to be alive, right? It's not a carbon. If you're mak- maktish, a uh, your car for a carbonola, that's not a carbon puzzle. It's not a carbon. Yeah. Yeah. They have to trust you. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But but so so I'm just uh, to find out. So Tyson is saying that you made a nether to bring an ayla. So there are people who want to say that. When Taisus says you made a nether to bring a mechus or aver, obviously Taisus d- didn't mean that you made a nether to bring an animal with a, with a limb. It meant that you made a nether to bring an ayla, and a mechus or aver is not, a, is not an ayla. So the non-Jew does not fulfill his nether until he actually brings an ayla. He has to bring an animal with all its limbs because everything else, you didn't bring an ayla. It's not an ayla, it's not a carbon. Okay? So... The stipler over here gets into a very interesting discussion. Stipler in the Dharam, sorry, in, 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 in Nazir, he brings it from the Gemara in Nazir, that 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 non Jews can be neither, they can make like the Dharam the like Israel, is that they can make real oaths, a real thing. Rabbi Kivager over here has a very interesting question. Kivager says, in Gilead Ashas, he says, Yeshla Ayin. Why do we tell him to bring a full one? Is he obligated to bring a carbon shalom? So Rabbi Kivager says, Tysus is saying, What's the mitzvah over here? The mitzvah is that when he tries to bring a carbon that's a mechus or aver, there's a mitzvah on us to tell him to bring another one. Kivager, a second one. So Rabbi Kivager says, I don't understand. Why do we have to tell him anything? He can't bring this carbon. It doesn't have a shame carbon. But non-Jews, they have no mitzvah that they have to fulfill their, 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 their nether. They have no mitzvah to have to fill their net. So therefore, so, so fine, so he didn't bring a carbon. So he'll go his whole life, he made a nether, he never brought a carbon. So why is it, so, but there's no, what's this mitzvah that you have to tell him? The other question, which other, which other Mepharshim ask in Taisvist, is that we know that the whole halacha we're talking about over here is a non-Jew sacrificing in his backyard, is a bum. If he came to the base of Migdash, even even a regular mum is a psalm. We're talking about Dafka, the guy making a backyard sacrifice on July 4th in honor of Independence Day. Yeah? For his July 4th barbecue, well, the truth is a guy can only bring a carbon island, so he can't bring it for a barbecue. But before the barbecue, he makes another sacrifice, right? So, so that, what do we work going to tell him? We're not there. The stipler over here brings him a chokas rush and Rashi in Nazir and he says that Rashi and many other Rishayim say that non-Jews in fact have an obligation to fulfill their nether 
and there is a principle that Jews have an obligation of kaifin alamitzis. So since they have an obligation to uh, fulfill their nether, we have a mitzvah to force them to do what they said they're going to do, and therefore, in that we have an obli- we we are able to tell him he has to bring a a shalit. But Kivager disagrees, says they have no ba'ichal. So Kivager he doesn't have a problem in the Gemara because the Gemara can just mean we know that there's a halacha that if a non-Jew wants to bring a carbon, he can't bring a carbon. So it just ties into this 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 this, you know, this like tomorrow or two days is uh, Shavasa Vatamas. So you know the Gemara in in uh, in Gittin when the Gemara is talking about the story of Kamsa and uh, Bar Kamsa. I always forget who is the bad guy. Bar Kamsa or Kamsa? No, but who's the one who went to the Romans? I think it was Bar Kamsa. Alright. Let's uh, Kamsa, I'm sorry if it was really you, but let's 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 say it was Bar Kamsa. So when he brought the the carbon from the Roman governor, he knew that he says he inflicted a mum in its eye because he knew that non-Jews don't consider that to be a mum. But for Jews it is a mum. And since they were bringing it to the Beis HaMikdash, it was also to bring it. So that's why they weren't able to bring it. Happens to be halakhically they were able to bring it because it was Pekuach Nefesh. But it's a very, very, very fascinating lesson in the Gemara over there. The reason why... The Gemara, it's a, Gemara, it's a, very, it's a very nice Gemara in Gittin. It covers uh, two blot. But the Gemara goes through the whole story of the destruction of a second, of a second base on Megdash. And the Gemara over there, like every in every section, lists a different cause for why the base of English was destroyed. So because of Bakamsa and Barakamsa, and then it brings Bipnei, the Anava of a certain member of the Sanhedrin, the base of English was destroyed. What happened over there was, there was a certain member of the Sanhedrin, I forget his name, that he was a very modest person. But everybody, everybody respected, him, respected him tremendously. So the way things worked in the Sanhedrin was that they would arrange people by stature. So the mode, the biggest of the Chamim sat like in order. The biggest, second to biggest, third to biggest, all the way down to the smallest. The reasoning for this was, was that whenever they wanted to, to take a vote, they would start with the smallest. So this way he would not be intimidated by anybody else's opinion. And therefore you can get an objective opinion of everybody, right? Interesting system. So, but this person, he was very modest. So he demanded to be set to be sat over there in the first seat because he was such an honor and he didn't know anything. But everybody else knew that he was the biggest person there. That everyone else knew that he was the biggest person there. So what ended up happening was because he gave his opinion first that that we should bring the carbon, even though it was not the right thing to do. Nobody argued with him. And he ended up bringing the carbon, which they ended up uh, refusing the carbon. Which led to the Romans thinking they were rebelling and causing all sorts of problems. It's a very important lesson that modesty is a virtue. But you have to know who you are and your own worth and what the implications are of your modesty. Saying, I'm been a garnish, I've been a garnish, you know, I'm nothing, I'm nothing, I'm nothing. Right? There's, there's an old joke that was uh, yeshiva in, 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 in Europe, Navardic. Navardic. So Navardic was very into the philosophy that a person has to constantly break himself and put himself down and showing the fragility of, uh, um, of human beings. My wife's grandfather, 
who's uh, was not a you know he was a tough character. I mean he was he, he went through the Holocaust, you know, and still was I still was sane afterwards, right? Very very tough man. He went to Navarra before the war, and the first day, the older Bakr came to him and said, "You're garnished, you're garnished," and he took the guy, hit him up against the wall, and said, "I'm not a garnished, you're a garnished." And he left the Vardik and never, and never came back. He lasted three days there. Um, so it's no joke that, that, that this new guy comes to the Vardik and he's going around saying, I'm a garnished, I'm a garnished, I'm nothing, I'm nothing. And an older guy looks at him and says, what kind of Balgaiva are you? You're here for only a couple of days and already you're a garnished. Yeah. So it's, there's, 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 you have to be careful of modesty. And there are certain times when it's called for, certain times when it's not. Okay. Yeah. About uh, Moses striking the rock. Yeah. Right? Why he struck the rock? Because he did because of his sister. Uh huh. In the merit of his sister, he struck the rock. Right, because because was, there was no water after she died, so he needed. Right. Interesting. Cool. Right, and that and 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 that led to right, right, very fast, interesting, very nice. Okay, so how does Tyson? So Tyson answers the questions this way. Then Tyson asks asks another question. Um, so, Taifas now has a different question. He says, we have a separate source that is the Isser of Mechusser Aver of missing a limb for a Jew. And Taifas over there, Taifas asks that, why do we, if, if, if it's prohibited for a, for a, for a non-Jew to bring up a Mechusser Aver, right, so why do we need a special source for a Jew? So we know that there's nothing that's prohibited for a non-Jew which is permissible for a Jew. So there's such a principle. So Tysus goes through a whole explanation why for a Jew you would have thought that by verbs different halachas apply. Other Mepharshim ask on Tysus that the way your Tysus is understanding there is no Isser Mechusser Aver. There's no prohibition of Mechusser Aver. A Mechusser Aver is not a carbon. So it could be that a non-Jew has a different definition of a carbon than, than a Jew. In our definition of carbon, a mechusser aver is a carbon, and in their definition of carbon, it's not a carbon. There's no isurim here. If you say it's an iser, it is a soul. There's an iser mechusser aver. So you can start saying, how can it be usher for non-Jews and permissible for Jews? But so what you mean to kind of get a nasha? So get a nasha because so they say that since it wasn't. Repeated by Sinai, it's only Asr for, for Jews. Non-Jews are not Asr again. <coughs> Even though it was said, you know, earlier. Um, but, so, so that's, that's the Kashan Taisis. Is that if it's not an Isser, the other thing is, there's a very interesting discussion by, by abortion. By abortion, we know that there's, there's a big Shiloh, why is, is abortion Asr or not? So by non-Jews, there seems to be consensus that by non-Jews, abortion is considered to be murder. Why? Because the pasuk says, "By the Shevet Mitzvahs b'nei Nayach, Dam Adam ba Adam Damo Yishafech." Right? That 
dam adam ba'adam, the blood of a person in a person. So Rabbi Yishmael in Sanhedrin says, this is referring to killing an uber. So therefore, they learn that for a non-Jew, there's an iser to kill, to do an abortion. However, but by a Jew, there's no such iser. So if you go through the Rishayim and the Paiskim and Achayim, the vast majority of them say, so most of them say there's some iser da'iraisa, but it's not ritzicha, right? Uh, the Tzitzeliezer was famously makal, and he says it's only an iser de'rabana. It's not even iser da'iraisa, it's iser da'rabana. There's the Rav Shemazam and Arabach says it's Isra Daraisa, but maybe it's an Asay, maybe it's a Loisa say. So in Israel, because of that, even in the kind of the Frumis Paiskim, they're much more makal on abortion. In America, Ramesha held, because of this Gemara, how could it be that something is Asr for non Jews and Mutter for Jews? So if it's Asr for non Jews because of Ritzicha, it must be Asr for Jews as well. Because of Ritzich. <coughs> and Ramesha wrote to the to the to the Titzeliezer, he says, How could you possibly allow abortion? We have a Gemara. So the Titzeliazer said a very big Kiddush. He says that even if something is just Asr de Rabbanon, it's still considered to be that it's Asr for, for for Jews as well. Meaning that that this concept in the Gemara, that how could something be permissible? For Jews, if it's forbidden for non-Jews, doesn't mean to say that you that it's like a kalva that there's a, a source from it. It just means that it must be that the act itself is something wrong, and therefore there needs to be some sort of iser. So the Tzitzeliezer said it's fine if it's iser the rabbanon as well. Which, which, um, yeah, Rabbi Shah was very upset about this. He disagreed with this very strongly. <coughs> Ramesha brought a bunch of other rias for abortion as being Isra Daraisa. Most of his other rias are very difficult to understand. He has a raya from, from a Rambam where they're about that the Rambam says if they're about to execute a woman and she goes into labor, they should wait for the baby to be born before they're executing because the baby is a separate entity. So Ramesha says, look, you see that there's a that a baby is a separate thing. Problem is that the Rambam right before says that if she hadn't yet gone into labor, you do kill her, even though she has the baby. And the Gemara is over there very clear. That the reason why once it goes into labor, then the baby is showing agency. So the baby is no longer just a limb of the mother. So the Ramesh is very challenging. It's a very difficult Ramesh. Ramesh is very, very machmer in abortion. He was not a Abortion, abortion. Okay, but was not a Shokhet. Ramesh was not a no. Okay, okay. Abortion, abortion is not about shechting. Abortion is about killing the... Uh, so Ramesha was a posik. He was the biggest posik in America. So he gave... So in America, the post tend to be machmer. I know cases when my father-in-law had to get a hatter for abortion for someone, for one of the people he was dealing with. He went to Reb to Zaman Nechemi Goldberg. Um, Reb Shema Zaman Arabach was known for saying that if a case was very dire, but he felt it couldn't be mater, he said... Go talk to the Tzitzeliezer. Ask him the child. Um, I can't I can be mad to go talk to the Tzitzeliezer. Um, there was a, Rabbi Asher told me there was a story that there was a woman in severe, severe mental, mental, had a severe mental, mental illness, and she got pregnant. And Rabbi El Yashiv said that she must get an abortion from, from mental illness. But again, 
it goes either way, right? I remember a long time ago, I gave a share in abortion in Stony Brook. I went through all the shittas, and when I was a very liberal crowd, so when I was done, they said, okay, basically Judaism says abortions are okay. And it's like, no. <laughs> that's not the takeaway. Okay, so Ramosh said, that's why Dafka, in the case of Rodef, you are allowed to do it, because by a Rodef is a heter on Ritzicha. But Rodef is a very kind of severe case. So let's say for a uh, isotopic pregnancy or pregnancy where the the egg gets implanted in the wrong place, which will which will kill the woman, then everyone allows abortion. The Christians don't. Um, uh, I had a I had a neighbor when I was growing up in Lakewood. His name was his name is he's still alive. Is a uh, Dove Dove Nissen. What happened was his mother. They were driving when she was heavily pregnant with him, and they got and they, sorry, 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 and they got into a car accident, and they rushed her to a hospital. It turned out it was a it was a Catholic hospital, and the Catholic hospital has a rule that you save the mother over the baby. You let the baby die. You don't try to save the baby. You save the mother. And it was a real mess that the baby survived. So that's what they call them. Dominicans. Dov- the Catholics are very strict. Yeah. In fact, from Jews who need abortions in America often have to go to to uh, to uh, different states in order to be able to get late-term abortions, which are mutter lahalacha and not mutter in 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 many states. So in New Mexico, they allow late-state abortions. So when I was there for the summer as a rabbi there, I was told that like people may call you to ask you to help them bury the embryo because. From Jews come from Brooklyn to to New Mexico to get late-term abortions. Okay, we got off topic. We're going to stop here, and we will and we will continue with Shem next week.